it's just finding ways to incorporate that in, in into our day-to-day life but even if it's just mm. okay i'm just going to spend i'm going to put a reminder on my phone every day i don't know 12 noon i'm just going to spend three minutes just sitting quietly in the presence of god and and being open to ho- however he wants to connect with me touch my heart mm. speak into my thoughts and you know we we can um do more than that but i think just those little steps those little practices can be incredibly helpful just helping us slow down and practice peace and presence and rest and stillness welcome to the ron huntley leadership podcast helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support the organizations they serve and the communities they live this podcast will make you think laugh and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. I would like to welcome all you leaders back to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast. Thank you for watching on YouTube. That is a brand new platform that we've gone over to. And so I know some of you listen in the car, some of you watch on your computer. Either way, so grateful for your support and joining us in this conversation of leadership. You know, Leadership is so important because as a leader, you have a disproportionate impact on lives, families, and communities around you. And so thank you for your commitment to be better, to grow. It's so cool. Today, I'm so excited to talk with an author of a brand new book that's just hit the market on a topic that is rarely discussed in a way that's accessible. I'm so excited to talk with the author of Holy Disruption, Kath Livestay. Kath, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much, Ron. It's great to be here. Anytime a book hits the market, having written one and trying to make my way through my second one, a, I know how much time, energy, effort, and passion it takes to go from an idea to the final result. So one, congratulations. And two, <laughs> what is it that's been welling up inside of you that you brought to this book? Oh, wow. That's such a great question to start with. Yeah. And it's been quite a journey, I have to say. And the thing about writing a book is I think you start off with an idea of where you're going to go, but you never quite know how things are going to pan out. So I think I can say that the, the finished book is not quite how I thought it would be, but I'm still very, very proud. And I think as well, just so thankful for the journey that God took me on as I was writing it because I I feel there was like a personal journey in there as well as just trying to write for for the church and for leaders and for everybody who's who's going to read it and I guess I guess part of the key motivation for me in in writing it is I've been somebody who's been fascinated by the prophetic for for decades really and you know, I have had the privilege of training and coaching and teaching on the prophetic, on how to hear God in, you know, all sorts of aspects of, of the prophetic for, for such a long time. But I, I feel what I, one of the key things I, I wanted to do with this book was to take a really big step back. It's almost like that 30,000 foot perspective on the prophetic. And, and just to yeah, dig into some of the fundamentals about this this thing that we call the prophetic. You know, what 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 does it mean? Um, how is it found in the very person of God? What does Scripture say about it? How does Jesus express it? You know, an Old Testament and New Testament perspective. 
And I think as well, um, one of my key reasons for doing this was recognising that that certainly in the context that I work a lot in and, you know, my own kind of church background, there's a lot of emphasis on the individual profit, mm-hmm. um, you know, wh- wh- whether we're talking about a pest, you know, fivefold profits, um, yeah, you know, perhaps the focus might be on on the you know anointed man or woman of god who's got this incredible prophetic ministry and that's well and good and you know that's really really important but i i really wanted to look much deeper at what does it mean to be a prophetic church because i i think there was a a need for a little bit of recalibration a little bit of rebalancing yes we we love our profits we want to i mean i'm passionate about investing in and discipling and mentoring apes profits but i i felt i just had this deep feeling that there needed to be a little bit of rebalancing recalibration and the church the beautiful body of christ as a body, mm. as a community, we are called to be prophetic. Mm. I believe that's, you know, uh, fundamental to who, who who we're called to be. Um, in the same way that we're called to be an apostolic bo- body, an evangelistic body, etc., cetera, mm. etc. Cetera. But I be- believe we're called to be a prophetic body, and I really wanted to explore that. Um, so yeah, there's some of those you know, real key, deep, profound motivations me in writing the book well i thank you for doing it and i must say i the way you write like you are a very very gifted writer you just you pulled me into the book with your ability to tell stories and 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 weave in perspectives and and facts and scripture i it was a wonderful work of art and really fun and easy to read uh and so when it comes to being a prophetic church how would how would for the for our listeners what would be signs that you're probably not as prophetic as as maybe maybe you could be or 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 what are some signs that maybe you're on the right track how would you articulate that to somebody who's listening and going hmm prophetic yeah, church gosh, never thought um, of that <laughs> i think there are there are so many uh, different dimensions to answering that question right. i think Part of it is from an APES perspective. And, you know, Ephesians makes it very clear that Jesus has given prophets to um, for his church. So I think that's one element. You know, are, are we a prophetic church? Well, are we welcoming the ministry um, of the prophets? You know, are we celebrating the particular wiring of, of certain people in, in our churches? I, I think um, as well, it is a... A, a willingness to be open to the Holy Spirit and his revelation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, in terms of engaging with the word of God, there's the written word of God, but there's also the, you know, the spirit breathes that the now word of God, that the word of God, that God just speaks to our hearts and minds in, in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, I think, yeah, that's definitely one element of being a prophetic church where we we create space to do that because if we're so um, so fixed on our own timetables and you know um, and not creating any space, mm-hmm. okay, let's just pause a moment. Let's just wait in the stillness and the presence and the peace of God. 
And let's just say, Lord, you know, we're here. We're, we, we thank you that, that you're here with us. Holy Spirit, is there anything you want mm -hmm. to communicate? You know, so there's all sorts of different ways we can do that and language we can use, but it's creating the pause, mm -hmm. both individually as disciples, but as a church, you know, do, do we, are we prepared to hold our agendas and our timetables quite likely so that you know when god wants to break in and speak and change direction and and, re <laughs> and reboot our agendas are, are we are we available are, are we prepared to do that um, right. yeah so that's yeah that's just a, a couple of yeah a couple of thoughts yeah well it's so beautiful because as i hear you share that I can I can think of very specific times in my life, particularly in leadership and being a part of leadership teams and, and so forth, is is times when that has taken place and when it's not taken place. I also think of different people I coach. And as you're saying that, I can see in particular this one guy jumping for joy saying, Yes, that's exactly what we need to do, because he's very spontaneous. He loves, mm -hmm. he loves discerning the Holy Spirit and just seemingly capturing ideas and, and being willing mm -hmm. to shift and then other people on that exact same team are far more disciplined and and find they invite the holy spirit into their planning as they're planning mm -hmm. two three five six eight months ahead and and then the tension that can come in mm -hmm. <laughs> in terms of teams when and, and yet who's most attentive to the spirit is it the mm -hmm. person who's inviting in the planning or is it the person who's open to to shift when new ideas come it's a it's an interesting perspective it is. isn't it it is it, it's an interesting dynamic and i think in some ways it's both and and, it, and it's you know perhaps recognizing how the prophetic and the apostolic work together so we, we we need plans you know and strategy and you know like you say you know, where are we going and what we're going to be doing in a year's time but mm. the prophetic is so so helpful so necessary in in just creating space uh to mm. invite the holy spirit to speak at all all parts of of the process the beginning the middle the end um yeah but you know mm. the, the, the if if that's the prophet's job in the leadership team then the prophet has to do that in a very gentle humble gracious way recognizing that yeah they've got they have a role to play here, but it's also working mm. in partnership with the rest of, of the APES, rest of the fivefold. So, mm. yeah, I think I think it's 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 both and, and and I think so. I, I think if if I think about the culture that we've developed at our church here in Sheffield, we you know we we've been on this journey a, a long time. So people are, if I can use language, they're, they're quite well trained <laughs> in in creating space for the holy spirit to come with his glorious mm. interruptions and <laughs> yeah, mm. uh disruption um so and it looks like that in different spaces so you know our, our sunday services um there'll be space there you know if we're having a worship service there'll, there'll, there'll mm. be space there'll be an understanding that we, we can listen to god in that space when we're meeting mm. in smaller groups you know household groups um community groups that there'll be space there as well so it, mm -hmm. it's just creating that that culture that that way of thinking that wherever mm -hmm. we are as followers of jesus you know let's just invite the holy spirit mm -hmm. to come with his incredible wisdom 
and yeah the words straight from the mm. father's heart I was having dinner last night my mom came over and me and my mom are quite um energetic and we love having conversation we had a family around and and we're chatting and at one point i realized her and i were doing all the talking and and another person who's very wise and and very gracious to let over talkers over talk and at one point she tried to get in and of course we bowled right over in our in our ignorance and, and self-centeredness and 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 i thought oh gotta get back to that but we never did get back to it mm -hmm. and and in a sense what i'm hearing you say kath is that you know the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak, longing. He's fully present in our lives in every moment of life, literally sitting at the table of your life. And 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 do we as individuals make the time and space and ask and then listen? Mm -hmm. And then what does that look like? That's what I'm hearing. And that corporately as a church, yeah. are we making the time? Because the Holy Spirit is there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. are we making the time and are we asking and are we listening? Is that? Yeah. And his or are wisdom, we over talking? <laughs> absolutely. His wisdom is just incredible. He's he's the absolute genius. So, you know, even when I think about my own life, <laughs> when I stop and think, why aren't I just asking the Holy Spirit more about, you know, whether it's a simple day to day problem or really profound issue that I'm wrestling with? You know, he's he's there. He's sent to us mm -hmm. as the very best helper and friend and mentor. One of the things I write about in yeah. in the new book is um, a little bit about the contemplative tradition, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I think there's so much wisdom there for the 21st century church and i'm you know i'm i i noticed i've noticed probably over the last 10 years that more and more people in in my wing of the church are starting to reference contemplative tradition you know some of the contemplative mm. writers but just that whole way of life of mm. and i think i think you know even if we are you know spend uh, you know, most of our week in 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 the biz in, in business or you know in uh, in teaching or doing whatever. Even if we're really really mm -hmm. busy people, I think there's still wisdom to be gleaned from the contemplative tradition. It's just finding ways to incorporate that in, in into our day to day life. But even if it's just mm -hmm. okay, I'm just going to spend. I'm going to put a reminder on my phone every day. I don't know, twelve noon. I'm just going to spend three minutes just sitting quietly in the presence of God and and being open to ho however he wants to connect with me touch my heart mm. speak into my thoughts and you know we we can um do more than that but I think just those little steps those little practices can be incredibly helpful just helping us slow down and practice peace and presence and rest and stillness mm. yeah even as you speak like that, I feel my, <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to hear that over and over again. I'm going to replay this podcast in my head to remind me, because it's almost like the study on being over busy and over committed has been done. Like so many leaders, so many churches are, have tapped themselves out in busyness and it always hasn't led to the fruitfulness that they would have hoped and and what I hear you saying is, is this partnership that we can have with the Holy Spirit by making the time, by putting some of these practices into place, both personally and corporately, is we can benefit from the wisdom 
of God through the Holy Spirit, that will have a multiplicative effect on our little efforts. Like we're bringing the loaves and the fish, but the heavy lifting's God. But if but if we don't allow Him to speak into us, yeah, then we're missing out on that cooperation that yeah. can that can transform a parish. Yeah, absolutely, and. You know, if you imagine a parish or a church community and, and everybody's learning to do this, everybody's just creating that little bit of core, that little bit of stillness, mm. they're connecting more with God, they're learning to discern and tune into the voice of God, um, and they're, they're seeing the fruit of that in their individual lives. Just imagine what then happens as people start to come together and practice that mm. together and the level of expectation that starts to rise and you start to hear testimonies. Yeah, you know, I was just walking to my university the other day and I just sensed the Holy Spirit prompt me, nudge me to go and talk to that mm-hmm. guy over there. And and this is what happened. And, you know, it, it, this, is, this mm-hmm. is how we build a culture, isn't it? Just by cheering each other on, sharing testimonies, mm-hmm. developing a common language and practice. Yes, it's so true. And, and, and when we dare to, when we're, able to learn to listen and recognize those promptings might just be coming from God. And then we dare to act on them and something nifty happens, our faith grows. And not only our faith grows, when we share it with somebody else, their faith grows. And so it it just has this cumulative effect of of booing us all up as we dare to, as we make time to listen, develop that ear. Those who know me know my voice. And as we develop that ear for that, that voice of God. Yeah. Boy, yeah, it there's, there's, yeah, there's been a little phrase that I've been meditating a lot uh, this summer. Um, mm. I, I don't know where I picked it up from, but it's um, being present to God and being present to others. And I found mm. that so helpful just to take into my daily de- daily life. Um, you know, so, and yeah, I, I am not perfect at all, but, you know, if, if I'm, wherever I am, whoever I'm talking to, being, you know, slowing my busy brain down enough so that I can be fully yeah. present to God and fully present to the person in front of me at the moment. And I think that just opens the door to some really divine, holy conversations and just, yeah, the kingdom of God coming in just the day-to-day mm-hmm. pattern of, of our lives, really. So. And, and even as you're saying that, Catholic... So, so many people's experience when I talk to them in the work that I do and the speaking that I do, so many people are very faithful. They believe in God. They're faithful to, to going to church and, and serving and doing all these things. And yet they would often say, I don't hear God. I don't even know how to hear God. I can't relate to the Holy Spirit. I If that's you, I want you to know that's the norm. Certainly in our Catholic tradition, that's the majority. And yet this book is going to be such a grateful tool for you to process and reflect and begin in the noisiness of life to begin to hear differently in in the ears of your heart. And that's the invitation, isn't it, as as an individual and as a parish? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I think... One of the reasons I, I love what I do and I, I love the chance to encourage everybody in how to learn how to hear God, how to tune in, 
you know, but part part of that is recognizing that we're all we're all different, and mm-hmm. and, and it, it's it's learning the particular ways that that God might speak uh, to us mm-hmm. when we start creating the space to listen. Yeah. So you know, so for example, I'm somebody. I'm a very visual person. I just you know, love mm-hmm. art and design. I just like looking at things, and mm-hmm. most of the way God talks to me when I you know start listening to him it's a little picture will just pop into my mind and and then you know I'll take the time just to meditate on it and reflect on it and ask God okay what does this mean you know trying not to jump to my own conclusions but you know Mm. asking the Lord to show me what it means so that's how God tends to talk to me but my my husband he's 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 very different he's not at all visual you know he barely um spots if i've had my hair cut or if i've painted a room in the house you know that sort of thing um but he's he's very very intuitive so the way he'll hear god speak is he'll um well we 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 and, and until April we we had our beloved family dog and she she was she got oh, to a great age but unfortunately she passed away in in April but he would love taking the dog for walks across the fields near where we live and he'd just mm. enjoy walking with the father with his heavenly father and just almost allowing all all his busy thoughts just to you know Lord this is all the stuff I'm thinking with and then in the midst of that he'd just get a deep feeling a deep intuitive feeling of God saying yeah this this is this is right this is this is the thought you need to pay attention to at the moment so but very different from me and my pictures and you know I've I, I love just talking to people and finding out the particular ways God speaks to them because it, it, it's often very different so I think mm-hmm. that's what that's one key, and and the other key element is is the whole sense of our covenant identity in God. So really knowing who we are in God, knowing that we are beloved children of the perfect heavenly Father, just mm-hmm. letting that truth, that reality, seep deep into our hearts and minds. And the, the more we do that, you know, God loves me. I'm his child. He loves to speak to me. He's got loads of fantastic things he wants to talk to me about. Having that as a mindset can be incredibly helpful in terms of opening up the door to, to healing God. But, you know, I, I've coached so many people and some people it's like, yeah, day one, they get it. It's really easy. Some people, you know, that will go through our coaching and it'll just be a a slow, 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 slow process. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as our hearts are right, you know, we've got that attitude of, yeah, I want to learn how to do this. Um, Mm. I believe, you know, Jesus is my good shepherd and he said the sheep would hear his voice. So I'm going to pursue this. And Mm. if, if that's your heart, if that's your attitude, then yeah, I think anybody can learn how to hear God's voice. When when you shared that identity piece, you know, again, a theme that I hear in people from time to time as they're getting to know God, if they if they're willing to share, a lot of times it's a, a sense of, you know, well, I don't want to bother God, as if mm-hmm. He only has a limited amount of time and energy 
And so, and I'm not that important anyway. And and besides, I'm not that holy and I haven't been that good to him. And so I'm just going to carry this stuff and I don't want to bother him. It's almost, you know, versus, a, you know, I remember raising my children. They didn't care what I was doing. They, mm-hmm. they, they didn't care if I was important or not important or was busy or not busy. They would barge in yeah. and they would let their... their they would let their needs known to me and yeah. they just didn't care. And yeah. I loved it because they're my yeah. kids. I love yeah. my kids and, and they have permission to do whatever they want whenever. Of course, Absolutely. you have to teach them not to do it. But, you know, yeah. there's this this confidence that that's my dad and yeah. I have access to him because you know why? Because he's my dad. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and that is an identity shift. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things I've reflected on a, a lot actually is that when people are perhaps first exploring the prophetic they think i need to hear god so that god can tell me what to do so the prophetic is all about guidance and direction and it's almost like the voice of god is is a heavenly gps um or, or sat nav as we'd say here in the uk you know that's and so and, and, that, and that's that's their only perspective on what it means to hear god do i go take a left or a right but it going back to this thing about you as a dad you know and god's our perfect heavenly father i i know as a parent i've I've got three grown-up kids but um i you know when when they was they've all left home now but when they were living here i wouldn't primarily speak to my children just to tell them what to do you know tidy your bedroom do your homework there are you know if you're having a bad mom day <laughs> you know that that's what it might boil down to but you know as a parent if you're a good parent you know that actually you primarily want to speak to your children to communicate with your kids and say I love you I'm mm-hmm. proud of you I think you're great and God's a much better parent than than I am and so just think how much he wants oh. to speak words of love and affirmation and pride over you yeah he'll he'll give you direction he'll give you guidance but it, it's getting into that space where and i think you know for, for so many of us we, we have to we we it requires quite a big change of mindset and we have to lay down some stuff in our hearts to do this but we have to get to that space where we can just sit in god's presence and say mm. father would you just tell me how much you love me <laughs> and right. so some of us find that incredibly uncomfortable don't we you know yeah I, I just want to you know I'm a good servant of the Lord and I just want God to tell me what to do well actually I'm not, perhaps and I'm not God, needy I don't I don't yeah, want no, to come yeah, across yeah, needy yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah but you know God actually might today he might just want to say I'm really proud of you Ron I, I love the way you 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 chatted to your mum you know last night I I'm yeah I think you're great I've got so many exciting things to share with you about what I'm up to and, and what we could be doing together. You know, it, it's that is that kind of perspective that I think is is so so helpful. And the church needs a lot. Of the church really, really needs that. And Kath, as you talk about that, you know, one of the terms that's used a lot, probably in the last I don't know, fifteen twenty years, I'm not sure, but and and not a, a term that we are overly comfortable with in our Catholic tradition is this whole idea of a personal relationship. Mm. And so many Catholics just reject that and oh, that's not Catholic. And it's like, well, actually it is. <laughs> There's nothing about that that's not Catholic. But and so one is to 
like what does that mean but i think how you're talking right now for those of us that are catholic like can you hear that mm-hmm. that intimacy in in the way kath is speaking right now like can you hear that that's what we're talking about. And so whatever words you want to put around that, that make it feel more Catholic, that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about mm-hmm. to be able to go straight to the father mm-hmm. because of Jesus's sacrifice for us and the power of the Holy spirit mm-hmm. is that Trinitarian life that, that we live as Christians. And, mm-hmm. and it is that profound. It is that, personal and it is that beautiful as it is corporate as well it's one and the other it's just so like again the language you use just i find it so accessible it just makes sense and and, and it's it's all over the gospels as well you know there's the um parable of the prodigal son i mean what an incredible picture of just the father's embrace um you know there's there's the image of Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and, you know, Martha's busy doing all the jobs that need to be done. But, you know, Jesus says Mary's chosen the the better way, you know, just to sit at my feet. And yeah, um, yeah, I I think it's it's all over the Gospels. I love that. When you when you talk about in your book the whole idea of vertical and horizontal, why don't you just mm-hmm. speak into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So going back to this side that question, what does it mean to be a prophetic church or what do we mean by prophetic culture? Mm-hmm. So in in the book, I really wanted to dig deep into these two dimensions of the prophetic that that we see uh, in the old, in the ministry of the Old Testament prophets, we see it in the prophetic ministry of Christ Himself mm-hmm. in the Gospels, and it's what I believe the Church is called to. So, in in a nutshell, the vertical dimension, first of all, it's it's what we could could call the personal prophetic. So, mm-hmm. it, it's it's about personal transformation, and you know that the prophetic fundamentally is is always about transformation god speaks for the purpose of transformation whether that is a very personal i love you to our hearts because he wants to change our hearts <laughs> and and our minds yeah. and and see him you know, even more as our good father or whether god is speaking to our neighborhood but he's, he's always wanting to uh, mm. to bring transformation Um, So the vertical prophetic is about personal transformation. And alongside that, a a vertical prophetic culture would be around um, a a real intentionality for prayer, for worship, for pursuing the presence of God, for Mm. the pursuit of revelatory gifts, you know, gifts of prophecy. But it's very much that that personal piece, and and, and it's about... um, protecting the covenant relationship um, between God and his his people. Whereas the horizontal element of the prophetic is, yes, it's definitely about transformation, but it's about societal transformation. And it's it's about justice. And we we very much see this, as I said, in the Old Testament prophets, particularly the book of Amos. um, uh, We we see this in in Jesus. And and it's recognising that... um, the, the church has a prophetic voice it's a prophetic voice mm. to speak into the, the brokenness 
that mm. is in society. You know, where, wherever we, we, we live, there are issues in society that, that are not right. You know, that there's this huge gulf between, you know, the glory and beauty of the kingdom of God and then, you know, the reality, whether that's mm. poverty, human trafficking, homelessness, you know, we could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I believe that God has given the church a prophetic voice to to speak into um, issues like that. So in the horizontal dimension, I think it's about being prepared as a church to, you know, to, to lean into God's heart and and hear what he is saying and then get a sense of what he's calling us to do uh, but part of that process is being prepared to engage with lament um you know that, that there's a there's a huge biblical mm-hmm. uh tradition of lament i i was surprised to learn that i think up to a third of the psalms are actually psalms of lament in in, in some way um, you know, we think, oh, the Psalms, it's all happy, clappy and joy, 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 hallelujah. But actually, there, there's a, a big part of the Psalms themselves are about lament. And I think yeah. lament is a really good doorway into hearing what God is saying about the brokenness of, of our world. So are we prepared to sit in that place of holy discontent and and to really engage with God's heart? You know, mm. how is God feeling about the fact that there are hundreds of homeless people in my city? How is God feeling about you know speaking of my own city here but the fact that you know we're running so many food banks at the moment um because of poverty and the cost of living crisis you know what does god feel and and then in in that place that enables us to get a really holy spirit inspired response to the holy discontent and and i think you know, I I love prophetic activists. I, I love social justice warriors. But I think the danger, if you're in that place, is that yeah. you are motivated by angst, by a political agenda, by mm. by anger. Whereas, yeah, we are called to make a difference wherever we are. But our motivation must flow from the heart of the Father. Must flow from God's presence. So we 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 lean into God's heart. We hear what He's saying. We 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 get a clear sense of that particular call that the particular mm. parish or you know or, or community is called to address. And sometimes that might involve speaking truth to power. You know, being prepared to stand up and 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 speak and challenge the status quo. Sometimes it's just about getting our hands dirty and you know um, just getting on with the, with the job of of looking after the poor and marginalized and, and oppressed so it can look like lots of different things but yeah i guess what i'm saying in all of this this is a this is an equally valid expression of the prophetic so a prophetic church a holistically mature prophetic church is not just going after gifts of revelation gifts of prophecy right. um you know the personal piece but it's also being prepared to hear the anguish in God's heart for the issues that surround us and and actually respond when when we start to discern what God is saying. Hmm. You know, even as you share that, Kath, my heart was just convicted. Uh, Of course, I'm thinking about other people, which I often do. Uh, I'm heavily bent on influence. And so when I hear things, I often hear it through the lens of other people. And, And I'm slower to realize, oh, God's talking to me. 
<laughs> just faster than that. But, you know, I think about this church I just came back from in Indiana and all the amazing work they do to collect food. And they're just so generous and they're, and they're looking to meet the needs in the neighborhood of the poor and the people that can't, don't have enough food and, and just to really partner with them to bless the day like so. And they're so generous. And as you're talking, I think to myself, I, I too would bring food, but I don't know if I would take the time to ask the question that you just asked, which is, the, is a, in a, which is an interesting question. Ron, slow down and think about how does, how do you think God feels about all the people going hungry right now? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that I can, I can feel that in my chest. Mm -hmm. And if I stay there in that lament, if I like that becomes fuel for the ministry. Yeah. Now, if I take that same thing to coaching, like I get so, I can get really frustrated with churches that aren't doing well because I've had so many of my personal friends leave the church and it breaks my heart. And at one season in my life, it led to a lot of anger and a lot mm -hmm. of self-righteousness, a lot of blame, mm -hmm. a lot of bitterness. And eventually <laughs> through a, a wonderful lady who was one of my mentors she helped me to realize ron do you ever think god's talking to you and it's mm -hmm. like it didn't even dawn on me that god would talk to me mm -hmm. i didn't realize that this growing frustration this growing concern for the church was actually god speaking to me it didn't even dawn on me thank goodness for mentors and people who love mm -hmm. us enough to help us see through our blind spots but that over time has turned into a vocation and a calling to help and to coach and to do what I do. And I love doing what I do, but I don't know if I'm always driven by that lament. I think mm -hmm. sometimes I can still be driven by my own passion and desire. And I think there's room for more holiness there for me based yeah. on what I'm hearing God say to me as you share. So thank you. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And I think that's why the, this little phrase, holy discontent, is is so so helpful uh, and and just helping people recognize yeah this is god speaking to me you know this mm -hmm. this sense of uh, disquiet about what what's going on this just ache in my soul let's just you know chat and talk to god and pray about it is this him is this his spirit just stirring something up in you that you need to pay attention to so mm. you know the voice of god it doesn't always have to look like you know visions and angels and right. crazy prophetic dreams sometimes it's just oh a discontent in my spirit and yeah as, as long as we check it out and sit with god and and check that it is coming you know it, it's sourced mm. in in him in the father's heart then yeah that is that is highly prophetic yeah we just need to create cultures in the church to enable people to uh, to do that really really well if you're a church leader and you're listening to this podcast and this is resonating with you cat's words are resonating with you please go get the book get a copy for yourself some of your other key leaders and go through it together because it really is a journey worth taking because being a prophetic church is part of our call. It's an important part of our call. And like I say, in many cases, it's one that hasn't felt very accessible. But Kath, in her book, makes it accessible. Holy Disruption is the title of the book. But it doesn't stop there. Kath, you have a ministry 
that comes alongside of individuals and churches to bring about this type of a culture. Can you say a little bit about that before we wind up? Yeah, sure. So I, I run this international ministry called Accessible Prophecy. Uh, so you can find it via our website, accessibleprophecy.com. And we have a, a twofold vision. First of all, it's it's focused on individuals. So we want to help every single follower of Jesus, every single Christian learn how to tune into um god's voice um but the second part of our vision is is the culture piece and it's yeah how how can we come alongside every every type flavor denomination of church and help churches help church leaders grow that brilliant healthy holistic mature prophetic culture the culture change it's never easy but it's the big prize isn't it uh, so we just love working with all sorts of leaders, all sorts of churches and, and helping them do that. Yeah. So accessible prophecy. Uh, you'll be able to if you Google us, you'll be able to find our website. But we've also got like a Facebook page and things like that. Wonderful. We just love we love hearing from church uh, leaders. We, we love the church. Yes. And yeah, we, we just want to be such a place of encouragement and support and hope and inspiration for church leaders. It's been a tough few years um for, for a lot of churches a lot of church leaders and it's not about oh this is something else i've got to do but this is just a, a breath of fresh air from the spirit of god um it doesn't have to be loads of hard work um yeah we're, we're just happy to have a conversation with anybody and just help yeah help them take next steps so Terrific. And for those of us in Canada, Kath is making her way from England over here to Canada. She's going to be in Ontario on the 17th of September. I hope I'll, I'll get the details and put it in the show notes sure. if you can send that to me, Kath. But also here in, in Nova Scotia, uh, Canada, on the 20th of September over at Life Branch Church at 7 o'clock. That's in Dartmouth, which is part of the Halifax Regional Municipality. I'm so excited you're coming. I, I know that you had been you had, were coming before because people listened to the first audio podcast yeah. and they were so excited because you were coming. And of course, COVID changed plans, but you didn't give up on us and either did the spirit <laughs> and you're coming here. So I just encourage you this. I'm hoping this podcast will be aired before that so yeah. that you can check it out and, and everybody can get over there and experience. Yeah, yourself. I'm so excited to be uh, traveling to Canada. Yeah, it was two years ago. I was that was uh, September 2020. I was supposed to be coming. So we've had to delay a couple of years, but um, even more excited that's so fun kath thanks for being a part of the show and you the listeners thank you for listening please take the time to rate the podcast to comment to ask questions all that engagement helps the algorithms which drives the conversation into more and more hands and we really appreciate your partnership in that pursuit kath once again thank you and god bless your work thank you ron it's been great thank you encourage you as you lead this week be faithful to god and generous to others see you next time and remember if you're still breathing you are